When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, now. here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host, Rachel Strand, and I am also here with my co-host, Dalton Coble. The Broncos lost their second consecutive game this week to what should have been an inferior opponent, but both teams looked equally sucky, and the Broncos ended up losing in overtime to the Colts. To make things even more heartbreaking, Russell Wilson missed a wide-open KJ Hamler for what would have been a game-winning touchdown, and this isn't really a in-hindsight type thing. Hamler was absolutely wide open. He even said he could have walked in. The Broncos were really close to getting that win, but before we dive deeper into that, let's update on some injuries. The Broncos are insanely beat up right now. They have over $70 million worth of players injured or on IR right now. After the Broncos' Thursday night football game, Wilson flew to Los Angeles to undergo a procedure on his throwing arm. He reportedly suffered this injury early in the second quarter of the game against the Raiders two weeks ago. He has a partially torn lat near his right shoulder. Also during the game, Garrett Bowles suffered a broken leg and he is out for the season along with Ronald Darby who suffered a torn ACL who will also be out for the season. Josie Jewell is considered week to week with a knee injury that he sustained during the game with the Colts and Baron Browning is considered day to day with a wrist injury that he also sustained during the game against the Colts. So yes, we are insanely banged up. If you like inducing sadness upon yourself and want to read the full injury report, just visit the 
the Broncos website. So moving on to the game against the Colts, another primetime game that the Broncos have been thrown into. I am kind of at a loss for words at this point. I honestly sound like a broken record on this podcast because it's just kind of been the same-ish different week. I don't really know what to say. I mean, the, the loss was so bad and I've I have already hit the panic button. This was one of those games where if they were to lose it, it would be appropriate to hit the panic button. And here we are post-loss. How how are you feeling, Dalton? I'm going to save my panic button. Going to stay hidden behind a glass case until after the bye week. I still have somewhat faith, but I am at a loss for words. That was... That was horrible. Yeah. That was ugly. The defensive unit is still as good as it was. I can't believe we tried to put Baron Browning and try to convert him to middle linebacker. Dude's an absolute freak and he showed it on Thursday night. I think he's like the next Von Miller. He looks like a little Von Miller prototype. That's big words right there, but he looks really good. Yeah, he is pretty good. Ironically, when we drafted him, he did come into the league as a middle linebacker. And I think over the past offseason, they did some sort of conversion for him to be an outside linebacker due to our depth issues, even though now our middle linebacker depth is insanely bad. So Baron Browning has been a pleasant surprise and I'm very excited to see what more he can do if he can stay healthy. He does kind of give me little shades of Von Miller when watching him, but again, hopefully he can stay healthy and I'm kind of excited to see what he can do, especially in the absence of Randy Gregory, who will be also out for some extended time. So we will see what he'll be able to do alongside Bradley Chubb. Speaking of injuries, while we're, you know, on that topic, it's literally week six and just the sheer amount of injuries that the Broncos have honestly makes it seem like it's week 17. I kind of low-key wish it was week 17 with how much they've been letting me down lately. I'm kind of numb to it right now. I mean, obviously it's very painful to see, but I just... It's astounding how much injuries they've gone through. How depleted of a roster are we going to be in a couple weeks? And what sucks even more is that the hardest slate of our schedule is later in the season. You know, when we start seeing the Chiefs and the Rams, even though the Rams are kind of, they're kind of bad right now. But just the the hardest slate of our season comes later. Like, I'm not sure which week specifically, but I think it's like after the bye week, it's just awful. So the fact that we are struggling so much much right now in what was supposed to be this easy slate is so frustrating because I'm now terrified of what's going to happen at the end of the season with that hard slate. That that's just sucks. And what also sucks is the offensive line. And it probably likely resulted in Wilson's throwing shoulder injury. He's got little to no time in the pocket. And now with Bowles out with a broken leg, I mean, he wasn't really doing much anyways besides holding. The whole offensive line is not hey. performing. Hey, hey, hey. The whole offensive line isn't performing hey. well right now. But now that he's injured, the whole line has to be reshuffled again. I think you're being a little dramatic. I don't think he's as bad as you're preaching it to be. It is. It's definitely not as. It's not as bad as you're preaching it to be. It's not it bottom is. in the. It's not bottom in the league. It's pretty. It low. was middle of the. It, it was middle of the pack. They dropped after the Raiders game. They dropped like ten rankings. They were they were middle of the pack, and then it just became abysmal. Graham Glasgow is just a swing door. Uh, Dalton hey, Reisner fair. can't block to save his hey, life. He performed and, well. He performed well that game. Yeah. yeah. This is probably his. My theory is is this is his last year. We. 
we've stated that before on this podcast, but I was a huge Dalton Reisner fan when he came out of college. I'm hoping that he can prove me wrong. I just don't see a spot for him on this team afterwards. I see, I, see, I don't see this offensive line really being the same after this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if George Payton just absolutely completely tosses everybody and brings in a whole new line. Aside from Quinn Miners, he can be who they build around. Quinn Miners, when he's healthy, has been such a pleasant surprise, especially since he's come out of what, is it a D3 or a D2 school, Wisconsin Whitewater? That's that's such a cool story to see, and I'm glad he's succeeding, and hopefully he can stay healthy. He's kind of battling some injuries right now, but he seems to be like the one positive on the offensive lines. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to turn out, honestly, with the offensive line needing to be reshuffled. True. I also don't know who will be where. Probably Calvin Anderson, left tackle, Dalton Reisner, right guard, left guard, excuse me, Lloyd Cushenberry. It- It'll probably honestly stay relatively the same, but I'm not enjoying our primetime presentation. People (laughs) are dogging us. People are dogging the hell out of us, and they're giving other teams chances. They're giving the the Cardinals... I'm going to bring up the Cardinals on this one. I don't think the Cardinals are all that. I think the Cardinals... Let's just say I don't think a lot of teams are all that right now. I still think they're learning, but like they're not giving us a chance to learn. They're just throwing us into the pit and expecting us to, like, be ready now. I guess it's because we we talk so much crap over the offseason. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride this. It doesn't give a good look when you start off really slow. (laughs) However, dang if they aren't absolutely destroying us. Social media is very brutal. I think it has a lot to do with who Russell Wilson is as a person. And I'm not... It's not his personality. Well, it, it does have to do a lot with... We don't know what it is. Well, it might have to do with how he is as a person because he is honestly kind of corny and <laughs> I don't know if you saw I think KJ Hamler did some you know his KJAC TV and locker room interviews that he does for fun but he did this interview and he went over to Wilson and he, I don't know he just something he's a nice guy like Wilson is a nice guy yeah he does he's a nice guy there's no denying that but on the interview he was talking about how he had like a private chef and stuff and was talking like he just seems almost, I don't know if out of touch is the right way, but like, I don't think he can relate to a lot of the players on his roster. Because even when <laughs> when he was talking about how he gets his meals cooked by his personal chef, K-Jack kind of looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I, I can't afford that. And the thing is, K-Jack's been in the league for a while, but he just, I don't know, there's some sort of detachment. I don't know what exactly is going on. I think the locker room is still in one piece, I think they really do like Nathaniel Hackett, and hopefully frustrations and tensions won't boil over here soon. That's like worst case scenario. A good example of worst case scenario or a bad locker room is probably the Raiders right now. J- Josh McDaniels mm. couldn't handle the locker room here, and I don't see him being able to handle a locker room anywhere. But for some reason, there's something about Nathaniel Hackett that hopefully he can have somewhat of a better hold on his guys. Going with what you said about the Broncos country, let's ride. I mean, right now it's more like Broncos country let's cry I kind of agree with what Derek Wolf said on Twitter because he said that he felt kind of catfished by the hype and that's kind of a good way that's a good way to put it before the season I had realistic expectations before the season I didn't expect us to go to the Super Bowl but I did think we were going to do good and like have over 500 and maybe like five six losses if that but here we are we're halfway to five six losses and we're not even halfway through the season yet so I don't even know. It's, we are riding the struggle bus. The ride we are on is a struggle bus. I also don't think they've lost the locker room yet. 
people are trying i think people are trying to make it out to be that way but i still don't think it's that way just yet now definitely it can go that way if it keeps staying this bad however if they can turn it around i think that the locker room will be just fine but i'm obviously not there i can't tell you how it's going me personally i think it's fine now one thing that i was pretty amazed about was the sheer amount of broncos fans that were leaving <laughs> before the fourth quarter even ended i was preaching about how y'all were so toxic or getting so toxic <laughs> toxic and oh my god if y'all didn't prove me right yeah the thing is if i were in that stadium with it going to the fourth quarter and you know i had paid good money to have the tickets i'd probably stay there because there was still a chance at winning at that point i mean who knows why these people might have been leaving there maybe have been like oh yeah don't i want to beat the traffic i know personally when i've tried to leave early for games traffic is an absolute nightmare trying to get out of that stadium maybe that was why they were doing it but yeah there was a lot of fans heading for the exits before the ultimate loss happen, but <laughs> we are in an interesting state right now. I am not entirely sure how I feel about the team going forward. I will still forever love my team and I will forever be a Broncos fan If even if we go 0-16, 0 17 I'll always be here. I've been here since day one. And part of me can't blame some of them for leaving early because both teams played like crap. I mean, Matt Ryan even played like garbage too. This should have been a win for us. Again, for like the fifth consecutive week, we had multiple opportunities to capitalize and get the win, but we blew it. And I sound like a broken record repeating the same thing every week and it's getting so tiring. And I, I bet it's getting tiring for the listeners to hear as well for me just saying the same thing, but the Broncos are putting out the same product every week and they're an insanely predictable football team. And we haven't faced like a juggernaut of a team yet. I'd say the hardest team we faced so far is maybe the 49ers and we beat them somehow. And going forward, again, our slate of teams is going to get much harder because we're going to get into the depth of the AFC West and the chiefs and, and stuff like that but i'm i'm a little terrified same shit different week <laughs> i saw this interesting stat line that i wanted to bring up on the podcast it makes no sense we're second place in explosive plays through the air <laughs> where however if that stat is true and it kind of i mean you can definitely see the pieces are there like you can sometimes see when the offense is like it clicked and yeah. you're like you're like oh okay we're good now no we're not good <laughs> never mind however i i don't really get how we can we can be in second place in explosive plays through the air yet yet be this bad and look this bad something just doesn't correlate there now i guarantee i don't know if that's a russell wilson thing guarantee i don't know if that's a nathaniel hackett thing i think it's a little bit of both honestly i feel like everyone's not on the same page russell wilson feels like they should be on this page and like maybe maybe the receivers are like no not there yet i don't know because russell wilson looked blind thursday <laughs> that was the first time i've ever seen russell wilson look that blind it was definitely his worst performance of the season unfortunately he hadn't been performing that badly up until that game he hadn't it'd be i'd say he was performing like serviceably thursday night was bad that was no he bad. made some boneheaded plays and i was like oh i looked ugly i looked like drew lock yeah <laughs> Um, another thing, Melvin Gordon still had a bit of buttery fingers. He didn't fumble, but no. that ball was not secure. No, you can say no all you want. He, no. There's a couple plays where he was lucky that his uh, elbow hit the ground first. We haven't seen the last of him fumbling this season. Something's up. He needs to hold on to that dang ball. Thing is, I, I think he is holding on to the ball, but defenses know that he's in his own head right now, and so they're like extra going to punch out that ball. But I, 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him being RB1. He can sure break off some nice runs, but when he's getting tackled, gee whiz, he's really got to hold on to that ball. True. I he I'm so I'm glad he didn't fumble. I I was really sad like the the play where he was already down, but the ball came out and it looked like a fumble, and I was like, oh no. He didn't fumble, so good for him. I also would like to talk about that image that everyone has been posting around where Melvin was looking at Russell. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Now, guaranteed, images do say a thousand words without having to say a single thing. I personally couldn't tell you what Melvin was thinking. Melvin was probably like, really? But like, if he hasn't had his own sets of sets of issues and costed us some games, let's be real. Let's not point blame here. That's how you start turning on each other. Yeah, I've seen that image and actually Melvin Gordon personally responded to a repost of that image and said there's literally nothing to it. He actually loves Russell Wilson so that isn't anything. The internet trying to make something out of nothing because let's face it we love a good drama story. Yeah and the Broncos are filled with drama but with that let's go ahead and put that bad loss behind us and let's move on. Up next on the podcast are some fan questions. If you want your chance at a question being answered on the podcast make sure to follow Daily Denver Broncos on Instagram. Our first question comes from Hurricane. They ask do you have faith in the Broncos? (laughs) That's that's a loaded question. It's yes. Yeah, I I like your optimism. There's one side of me that says yes. And there's also one side of me that says no, because I'm starting to realize that we paid this man $250 million. And if it doesn't turn out, it'll probably be the worst signing in NFL history. But I still have faith that he can perform. Yeah, I have faith in Wilson. I, I It sucks that he's playing injured right now. Maybe he would be playing better if he wasn't injured. It's hard for me to definitively say if I have faith in them or not. They haven't been putting out a product for us or the fans that would make us believe in them. Who knows? They could have some sort of insane turnaround, but right now things, things just look a little bleak, and I don't blame some fans for being upset. Mind you, there are some fans that have gone a little crazy and and I know I've seen some TikToks that have shown people dumping all their Broncos gear at Ark Thrift Shop and all these other thrift shops. And I'm like, okay, that's that's taking it a little too far. I know some somebody sent me a video of them burning one of their Broncos jerseys. I'm like, okay, can we just can we calm down a little bit? Really? Yeah. Did I'm, we? Did we? Did that really happen to yes, you? Yes, I have been getting some pretty crazy DMs. So yeah, people are not happy. Fans are not happy right now. Looking at it from a bigger picture, this is just a game of football after all I wouldn't I don't care how bad the Broncos get I'm not burning 800 to 100 dollars worth of a jersey my goodness that sounds a little insane Jose Montalvo asks is it more of a Russell Wilson problem or an offensive scheme problem Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it's an offensive scheme problem that turns into a Russell Wilson problem. Yeah. My personal belief, my personal theory, I think I might have stated this on the podcast before. I think Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know how to play to a quarterback like Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is a very unique quarterback. He is, you might think he's like Aaron Rodgers, but he's not. They're too different. They're very different. And maybe he's trying to adapt the offensive lineman is trying to adapt because honestly, he's not a 6'3 gunslinging quarterback that stands tall in the pocket. He likes to move around. So obviously that's going to be a big adjustment for everybody, especially the O-line and the offensive scheme. So it's pretty important that you master the scheme so it doesn't become a problem for the quarterback, which is why I will blame it on the offensive scheme. Yeah, that is a good point because Nathaniel Hackett was previously in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is more of a sit in the pocket and launch it type of a quarterback. He will scramble when he needs to. But him and Russell Wilson, if you compare the two, they're pretty they're two pretty different quarterbacks in their style of play. So maybe that is a little bit of an adjustment for the Broncos offensive line. I think it's also Hackett needs to make some adjustments somewhere. And I don't know, I know he's in charge of the play calling. I don't know how much else, who else is involved with it, like Justin Otten, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, our offensive coordinator, and I know we have Clint Kubiak is the quarterback's coach. Something needs to change because we can't keep rolling through the season like this without making significant changes. Because at this point, I don't know if it's just going to click one of these days with how many of like these similar issues we've been running into and these mistakes we've been making. I don't know if it's just going to click. I think something needs to be changed to be able to make it click. So that's kind of my two cents on that. So it's honestly, it's probably just a vicious combo of bad injury luck, Russell Wilson not fully vibing in the scheme just yet, Hackett being inexperienced, you know, just a whole smorgasbord of crap is just kind of really going against us right now. On Nava asks, should we go all in for Sean Pate? Unfortunately, as much as I would like this idea, I doubt it will happen. I know he, first of all, he is a resident in Texas, I believe. So if anything, probably the most likely team he'd, he personally would want to go to is the Dallas Cowboys. Since they are doing good right now, Mike McCarthy might hang on for another season or two, despite the fact that I think he is not a good head coach. That's a completely different side story, whatever. He would probably most likely go to the Cowboys or a team that doesn't need serious help. <laughs> but also a side note for that, Sean Payton technically can't go anywhere until the conclusion of the 2024 season because the New Orleans Saints still own his rights. And if he wanted to come back to coaching, he'd have to go back to the Saints. Otherwise, I didn't know that. Yeah. Otherwise, a trade package would need to be put forward to, you know, trade for a coach. And obviously we have like nothing in terms of picks and stuff to give away. So yeah, the Saints have his rights until the conclusion of the 2024 season. So that is likely not going to happen. I mean, I guess the only thing that could happen is we hold on to Hackett for a couple more years. And when Sean Payton becomes a free agent, so to speak, I guess that would be a thing. I don't know. So probably not going to happen, unfortunately. 
By God's good grace, Sean Payton somehow became available. If I wouldn't put all my chips into that to get him, because oh my God, if that man's not a genius. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. But we got Walmart money now. We got big bucks. Ha! <laughs> Ha, yeah, right. Still, I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, I don't think he would want to come to us either way. He'd probably want to go somewhere else. He's probably not gonna come. But if he did come, that would be magical because that would that would just be magical. Yeah. I can't even. I, I don't even think I could fathom how that would look because I don't. I don't even know how I would fathom it. Chris Reyes asks, "Why is everyone questioning the Hackett hire after five games? Things are going to get better." You know, I can honestly, sincerely appreciate your optimism there, and I still remain somewhat optimistic that Hackett will get things going here eventually, but shoot, he has had such a rough start to his rookie campaign as a head coach. It has been absolutely brutal, and as I kind of mentioned earlier with, you know, the team not putting out an appropriate product for us to believe in, Hackett's kind of doing the same thing. He hasn't really done much for us to be like, oh, he's the coach of the future right there. I, I understand why people are definitely questioning it. I would say that it is a little too early to say fire him, so I think it would be very rare for the Broncos to fire him mid-season. If the Broncos go on an absolute losing spree, then I could maybe see Hackett being fired, but then that puts us in the weird position of where the Panthers are right now, because the Panthers just fired their head coach, and they have to put in an interim head coach, so that just that would put us in the position of who would be the interim head coach. I think everybody's questioning the Hackett hire at the moment because we've been on this tailspin of trying to find the, a head coach. First was Vance Joseph, that didn't work. Next was Vic Fangio, that didn't work. Now we're at Hackett, and they were telling us it was about to be insane. This offense was about to be insane. Things were about to be insane, and they fell right in their face. So people probably feel a little betrayed and are like wanting his head off right now and wanting him kicked out of office, maybe exiled from Denver forever. However, no, we still got to give him more time. Yeah. Give him another year. Unless, like Rachel says, we go on a tailspin of like 10 losses or something like that, and he completely loses the locker room. Yeah. And something like that happened. But that's for the future. I don't see a scenario of that happening, but you never know. Yes, I agree. And I do agree with you, Chris. Things are going to get better. Rachel might not. I but. do, I do. Yeah, yeah, you don't sound like it. <laughs> Last question comes from Taylor Olson26. They ask, what are the odds of a season turnaround? <laughs> it kind of kind of ties into what we've been answering so far and it's it's 60 40 60 40 yeah it's hard i'm gonna go 60 percent we stay sucky 40 percent we turn it around just because i'm gonna lean more of not turning around because of the sheer amount of hardcore injuries we have suffered in less than six weeks yeah I, we have lost a lot of key players yeah it's it is not looking good injury wise so far i don't know how much farther this roster can be depleted we're in a rough spot right now the fact that it's we're just entering week six sucks and we are suffering this much already personally my thoughts on turn in terms of what are the odds of a season turnaround with how they've been performing so far i'm not entirely optimistic again there will always be that little tiny part of me which is still optimistic about the broncos being able to turn it around who knows i mean the eagles are five and oh right now they could pro what what happens if something happens and they lose literally the rest of their games the rest of the season? That's obviously not going to happen. But this is the NFL where it's basically any given Sunday, anything can happen. We don't know if Wilson's injury will get more serious 
or if it will hinder him further. And maybe Brett Rippon comes in. Maybe Brett Rippon pulls a what Cooper Rush is doing down in Dallas, and he just whoa, goes whoa, on an whoa. absolute tear. Yeah, you can whoa, whoa, whoa me all you want. Whoa, whoa. Don't underestimate Brett Rippon. No, I'm kidding. But hey, I think he's the goat for real. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? Again, any given Sunday, we don't know what this team will do. So far, they haven't really given us enough to believe that they will turn it around. But any given Sunday. Yeah, the NFL is a crazy sport. Anything can happen. You can go from being the best of the best to complete and utter a bottom of the food chain. It's it's an incredible league how that can happen. But it just sometimes falls out that way. Yes, I think we'll take this in a week by week approach. So Broncos country, strap in. This ride may get a little bumpy and there may be some huge drops here and there but just strap in we got many more weeks of this so grab your barf bags let's do this So now we're going to move on to our preview of the upcoming game, which awesome enough is another primetime game. And I honestly have been preaching this. I've been saying, please, out of mercy for us, please flex us out of all remaining primetime games because I am so tired of us getting embarrassed on national television. Unfortunately for the Broncos, Monday night football games can rarely be flexed out because any flexing stuff has to be done day of, and there's obviously no daytime Monday games. So we're stuck with that. So it will be the Denver Broncos flying out to Los Angeles to face the Los Angeles Chargers on national television and we'll be facing a Chargers team who also had insane hype before the season and haven't really done anything too crazy yet and that's kind of partially to blame on Brandon Staley who's actually on quite the coaching hot seat right now. Is he actually on the hot seat? Yeah. Like the Chargers are revolting against him? Yeah, Chargers fans uh, hate him. Love to see it. Love to see it. And never, never wish for a downfall of a of a guy's career because Brandon Staley actually came from us, and I have a major respect for him. But like, I don't like the Chargers. So yeah, I mean, he's got a quarterback like Justin Herbert, and they haven't really been able to do much. Jackson looks like the worst signing ever <laughs> this off season. He looks terrible so far. Uh, love to see it. Um, he looks like a Patriots classic system corner. Every Patriots Ooh. player that comes off the Patriots and gets big money from another team usually falls apart and ends up going back to the Patriots. That's fighting words right there. Still, Herb- hey, it's true. <laughs> Herbert scares me still. Herbert does scare me, especially with how injured our defense is. I know Mike Williams, I think, is playing, but Keenan Allen is hurt. I know he missed last week. I don't know. We've got still like another week till this game, so maybe Keenan Allen gets healthy between then and now. Hopefully he misses the game between us. I mean, because that's just another weapon for Herbert to throw to. Austin Eckler looks like an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. Um, I can't even describe what type of tear he's on, but it's pretty scary to watch him play. Yeah, and he's from a little mountain college in Colorado, so that's pretty cool to see. And I think he was an undrafted free agent, which is also pretty cool to see. But with how good Eckler's been playing, I'm afraid he's going to go on an absolute tear against us because for some reason as of late, we've really struggled against the run game. And I mean, we let Josh Jacobs go to town on us and he wasn't doing, I mean, he was doing okay before our game, but then he almost popped off like, I think it was either 150 or 170 yards. And like, we just could not stop him to save our life. Here we are facing another good running back, so I'm terrified that he will just run it down our throat all game, and we just won't be able to stop it. Speaking on Russell Wilson's throwing shoulder injury, God forbid if his performance starts to seriously get worse, at what point do we put in Rippin? That's kind of a 
big question because if Wilson being out there and playing injured become like starts to hinder us more, when do we consider putting in Rippin? Can I really just hear you ask if we're going to put in Brett Rippin? Uh, no, you're missing... <laughs> You're missing sorry, what I'm sorry. saying here. No, no. Ha. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you're missing what I'm saying here. I, I'm i not saying Rippon's better than Wilson at all. That's not what I'm saying. But do you remember when Peyton Manning was playing injured? It was something with his foot and we were playing the Chiefs and he threw like five interceptions and Gary Kubiak pulled him out and put in Osweiler. Yes, and yeah, I do remember. Yeah, and... Okay, okay, now I see where you're going with it. Yeah, I'm not too crazy i'm somewhat crazy but not too crazy but at what point like what if his injury gets worse and it starts to seriously hinder the team more than help when do we consider putting in Rippon? that's that's going to be a big question for hackett hopefully wilson doesn't decline in his performance and his injury doesn't get worse but we'll have to see on that front I hope we don't have to put in Brett Rippon. I love Brett Rippon, but I really don't think he's the guy to lead this team to the yeah. promised land. Now, yeah. God be good. I could be wrong. I didn't think Cooper Rush would be the guy to lead the Cowboys to the promised land, but it, by all God means, he looks like he is that guy right now. <laughs> right? thing is, Dak Prescott's supposed to come back from injury, and they might just not even put him in yet because Cooper Rush is, you know, doing Cooper Rush things right now. That is a hard thing to do is do you take out the, take out the train that's chugging along, which... Leads me to my next topic that I wanted to bring up for a preview of our next game. We can't keep doing this next man up mentality. Like, I know it works to a certain degree, but eventually we're just like, dang, where'd our starters go? <laughs> right? I don't even know. We need to, I need to look at a breakdown of how many starters are actually playing right now. Because honestly, it feels like it's 50% of our starters are playing and the rest of them are backups. <laughs> so in terms of a prediction slash players to watch for this game against the Chargers on Monday Night Football. How are we feeling, Dalton? Not good. This is yeah. the first time I have not been optimistic about a win because it's a division opponent, so those games are already naturally tough. And it's the Chargers that have Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, etc., etc. It's it's a scary team on paper. On paper, that team may be the scariest in the league. However, they are stumbling and fumbling just as the Chargers are always do, which is what I said they would do at the beginning of the year, because it's just a Charger thing to do that. So I'm hoping that they will fumble and stumble over their own feet more than we will this game. It will be interesting. I will probably go to bed early and just sleep for the next no she eight. won't i'm gonna wake her up <laughs> i'll probably go to bed and sleep for the next 18 hours if it starts getting ugly because of the fact that it is on national television <laughs> i always for every game have a little bit of optimism there's that little part of me again that says hey maybe we can do this maybe we can pull out this win it's a little bit smaller this week who knows like dalton said the chargers may charger and they could just absolutely mess it up like we would but i don't think i can handle another 11-10 score, whatever the hell the score was from the Colts-Broncos game. I want to see our offense score, but I really don't want to just be absolutely dotted up by the Chargers, and I'm kind of fearful of that. So I, I'm not entirely sure how I feel in terms of my predictions for the game. I think it will be a little difficult for the Broncos to get this win. I don't think their chances are zero in terms of chances to win. I think they have a tiny chance. They just need to improve on so many aspects and 
and stop messing up opportunities. And they need to actually start capitalizing on these premium opportunities to take the lead. Some of the and mistakes. That's what the chargers do. Yeah, and they, they need give you opportunities. Yeah, and some of the mistakes we just have to minimize them. So in terms of my players to watch for the game, that's that's another hard question because it's it's hard to say a week from now who will be playing for us exactly, considering you know some of our starters are week to week, day to day. A lot of them are on IR. I've said this multiple times this year already on the podcast. Keep an eye on Pat Sertan because he might either be going against Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. Regardless, I think he will be up to the task. I love Pat Sertan. I will probably end up getting his jersey at some point. He reminds me a lot of Champ Bailey in just the way he plays. And And holds himself. He's very humble. Yeah, he's a very humble guy and very nice guy as well. So I I guess just keep an eye on Sertan again because he will probably go one-on-one against the Chargers' best wide receiver. And I, we've been moaning and groaning all podcasts about, you know, all these bad things that are happening with the Broncos right now. But I guess some, if you think about it, if you step away from the season and how it's going so far, the young core that the Broncos have, like when the young core is healthy, is super promising. And it kind of makes me a little hopeful for the future because like this young core has Sertan, Javante Williams. I know we've had some young wide receivers come up through the ranks, Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper. We've got a promising young core here. And it just sucks that, you know, with injuries and just, just not being able to properly utilize these guys sucks. Maybe we'll be able to do it in the future. But if you could take one positive out of what's going on right now, I'd say we have some young players to really look forward to in the future. My player to watch is actually another fellow cornerback. I'm going with the rookie Damari Mathis. Due to Ronald Darby's injury he is the next man up to fill in that spot because Kayvon Williams will probably play the slot still so Damari Mathis has a big shoe to fill and he has a big shoe to be beside of so he's got a lot of pressure on him this week to perform and I think he will because I think George Payton is a plus at drafting Go George Payton. And that's the thing. I'll speak on this real quickly. People are starting to question George Payton. And I guess I see part of that. But also part of me is a little confused because his first draft as the Broncos GM arguably could have gone down as one of the best drafts in Broncos history. Or let's, you know, that's kind of a broad thing to say. But maybe in like the past 10 years, I know our 2012 draft was pretty insane as well. I I think Payton's doing a good job. He's, He's working with what he can work with right now because remember we gave up a ton of draft capital and players in order to get Wilson that unfortunately might determine his success as a GM with the Broncos because if (laughs) if god forbid this Wilson situation ends up just absolutely falling apart that's going to be a really big red stain on George Payton's career as a GM he is really good and he proved that he that man can draft like he can really kill a draft and maybe that's why he was okay with giving giving up a couple first rounders for Wilson because we've found so much success and so much talent in the later rounds, like second and beyond. So don't panic because we don't have our first rounders and this season's not exactly going well for us. George Payton will be able to find somebody. So don't you worry about that. Don't give up on him just yet. Yeah, that dude single-handedly saved our franchise in less than two seasons. Like he built a young core that John Elway could never do in less than like two seasons. 
And I, that that's me being as real as I can get. That dude drafted all of our debt and got rid of most of John Elway draft picks because let's be real, John Elway could not draft. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying that Peyton has built a perfect team. We are far from a perfect oh, God, team. No. Yeah, we are far from a perfect team, but he he's getting there. I mean, he's what? If two, he hasn't tried his hardest. He is, yeah, he is two, three seasons in to his gig with the Broncos. Give him a little bit. I mean, look at how long it took to kind of shape the Bills into what they are are now. So don't give up and jump ship to another team just yet. And if you are thinking of jumping ship for another team, honestly... Do it and I'll never forgive you and I hope you never come back. Yeah, honestly, good riddance. We lo- we want fans here that'll stay through the thick and the thin. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions, let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable as possible for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I am Dalton Coble. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast, a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at RachelNFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.